Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to be with you as always. You can join us during the week, Monday through Friday, on Fox Business Network. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. And one of the stars, actually two of the stars, we got one, Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, Hill columnist, and Steve Moore of Freedom Works and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity will catch up. We, we don't know exactly where he is. Somewhere is out there. We'll put out an all-points bulletin. But we got Liz Peak, so that's all that really matters. You know, Liz, one of the themes of this whole Russian-Ukraine-Putin insanity is um, reducing or ending American energy independence didn't really work out so well, did it? You know, I mean, it's like Vladimir Putin watches oil prices also. And it just seems like, and there's some history to this, when oil prices are down, we don't hear from him, but when oil prices are up, all of a sudden he gets adventurous in Georgia and Belarus and now Ukraine. I mean, is there a, there seems to be a linkage here. What you think? Well, yes, I think, we have emboldened Putin uh, not only by not responding to earlier escapades in Georgia and Crimea, but now also by driving prices higher willfully. The thing is, what really makes you kind of crazy, Larry, is this is not an accident. It's not an accident that oil prices are so high and that Europe is so dependent on Russia for natural gas and also for oil. It's not an accident that we're importing half a million barrels a day of oil from Russia, for heaven's sakes, mm. and that we are no longer energy independent. Our production's down about a million barrels a day from 2019 levels, when, in fact, we were finally, after decades of thinking it would never happen again, we were finally energy independent. We have seen this, we've seen this play before, and it does not end well. Yeah, um, it does not end well. It probably won't end well for the economy either. Well, of course. I mean, you know, I forget the ratios and so forth now, but I mean, every penny increase uh, in the price of gasoline is a real tax on the American people. Mm. And, you know, you look at you look at something like the Consumer Sentiment Index that came out this week, uh, University of Michigan, lowest in a decade. And you have to think about over the past 10 years, this is the most discouraged Americans have been. And that reading was before the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and, and why is that? I mean, after all, the stock market until very recently has been incredibly high. Consumers have been pretty well off in terms of net worth and in terms of savings. And yet they're more discouraged than they were even in the worst days of 2020 when COVID came out of nowhere and plunged our economy into recession uh, and why is that? Because they know they see prices ra- rising everywhere. Personal income has been down six months in a row. Mm. You know, people aren't so stupid, Larry. They get what's going on and they and they blame 
our policymakers. And if there's any doubt behind who's behind this absurd uh, quest for green energy, which is expensive and unreliable compared to fossil fuels, look no further than John Kerry, who, for heaven's sakes, has literally made comments about the Ukraine war, not bemoaning loss of life, not talking about how horrible it is for Putin to be the aggressor here. Instead, I am not kidding. He's talking about the risk to climate change from all the military activity. I mean, really, that is really one of the worst things I've ever seen. Honestly, isn't it? Yes. No, you're right. I mean, it's staggering that he could say that. Well, look, you know, I always kind of thought he was the dumbest man in Washington. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's not too... a sharp knife. I would agree with <laughs> Maybe that. That's not the brightest bulb in the firmament. But then again, Liz, we're watching President Biden and his presser on Thursday tell us that sanctions were never meant to be a deterrent to invasion. Yeah. He actually said that. Now, of course, everyone, including our show, we're all playing it. You know, Kamala Harris is saying there's supposed to be a deterrent. Himself, Biden has said many times there's a deterrent. How does he – I want to talk about the sanctions in a minute, but how does he he get along? How does he possibly come out and say such a thing when his whole case, his whole case for not putting sanctions on earlier – was based on this deterrence theory and uh, diplomacy, which utterly failed. I mean, how can he say it? He, he just complete, utter reversal of his position. Well, I think he's embarrassed because obviously nothing we talked about, all this saber rattling by Joe Biden about how this was made swift and severe consequences. Mm. We're going to make Biden, a, I mean, Putin a pariah on the world stage. All of that shows such a enormously clueless idea about who Putin is, what he wants, what his ambitions are. He doesn't care a fig for how he looks on the world stage. He thinks he looks big. He thinks he looks powerful. And that's really all that matters to Putin. But as to the value of sanctions, I mean, a lot of people were saying, do it now, like three weeks ago. If you're so sure, and and they were apparently sure, and they turned out to be right, that Putin was gearing up to invade Ukraine, all the signals pointed in that direction. Why on earth would you wait until the invasion takes place to to employ sanctions? Because once he's there, he's not going to, what is he going to do? Turn around the tanks and say, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh, uh, our bank is in trouble. I'm going to now head for the hills and leave Ukraine as it was. That was never going to happen. So the value of Sanctions after the fact, I think, is highly debatable. Mm. We have not seen – I don't think we've seen ever, Larry – correct me if I'm wrong. My guess is you have a better fix on this than I do, but I'm not sure we've ever really seen sanctions deter aggressive behavior. I don't think we saw it with Iran. We put pretty heavy sanctions on Iran, and they continue to fund their uh, you know, apparatchiks and the Houthis and all these groups that, that carry out their – their dirty work, I don't think that sanctions mean very much. I think the sanctions on Iran hurt the Iranian economy. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. I don't know whether their terrorist activities were more or less after the sanctions, but I know um, the domestic economy was hurt very badly. The trouble is the Moas, you know, it's really 
that place is a police state. I mean, the Moas are out there, but it's actually the Red Guard that runs the place, and they don't really care about what happens to ordinary people. So, you know, that's a debatable point. I mean, look, I would have put the sanctions on the Russian banks right away. Uh, And right now, by the way, I would put sanctions on the Russian central bank, which Biden is avoiding doing. I mean, that's the only – putting sanctions on a central bank is the ultimate payment stop. The SWIFT system, as you probably know, you remember, Liz, going back, uh, the old Telex system. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Now, that was uh, information. It would tell you uh, thus and such was doing this to thus and such and putting this account here and so forth. But that wasn't a payment system. That was an information system. The SWIFT system is the grander version of Telex. What would really hurt Russia, um, I mean, really hurt Russia, is if we put sanctions on their central bank. I, I don't think Biden's going to do that, but if you want to, if you want to cut off his war financing and his cash flow, that's how you do it. But the whole point here—I don't know what lessons we're learning, Liz. But if you um, you have a problem, the, Putin lines up 150,000 or whatever troops. All of a sudden, they come out of the barracks, they come into the field right in the eastern border of Ukraine. This was what three, four months ago plus, and. It would seem to me we should, if we were going to sanction, we would have sanctioned right then and there. But we didn't. Yeah. So yeah. Putin went on his merry way. As you say, he doesn't care a fig about what the world thinks of him, at least not yet. And um, now the whole sanctions game is, is going to be too little too late. And it'll always be too little too late. I mean, he's there with this full-scale invasion. It's not going very well, according to General Keene and others. That's interesting. God, hope the Ukrainians can fight. But the sanctions, I mean... Here's what I guess I'm trying to say. I thought Biden looked terrible actually telling people sanctions were never meant as a deterrence. I mean, I think anybody who saw that would go, huh? What? Yeah, no. You know what I mean? it It completely contradicted whatever what I consider to be sort of weak measures he had adopted uh, was completely contradicted by that. I mean, in effect, what he was saying was we had no deterrence. There was nothing in our arsenal that was meant to be a deterrent. Mm. So that's that's pretty that's pretty much a massive failure, it seems to me. Um, and you know, I don't I don't know how he walks that back, to be yeah. honest. And and frankly, what we've seen is the imposition of sanctions by the United States has been sort of begrudging, right? I mean, we saw that first rather weak bunch of sanctions, and then we didn't even sanctioned Putin himself until I believe the UK or the EU, excuse me, went first. And so that kind of embarrassed Biden into doing it. I actually wonder, Larry, looking at what's been happening, whether the United States is really concerned about possible cyber attacks on our institutions, if we have intelligence that Russia is really planning uh, to get very much more aggressive with cyber attacks, because actually at least the Wall Street Journal is reporting that the, the volume of that, it really has been less than expected. Right. Maybe Biden is anxious that, you know, if we unleash even more dramatic sanctions, and I don't think they've been very dramatic so far, like you're saying on the central bank, that there will be a more aggressive retaliation from Putin. I mean, I get it that Biden's trying to protect the American economy and so forth, but this does seem to me a serious line in the sand. If we don't uh, do everything we can to rein Putin in now. It will simply be a matter of two years, three years, and then he goes after 
Latvia, Lithuania, yep. you name it. Yep. And and this will never stop. And me, by the way, we all said this when Crimea happened. Let right? me take a quick break. I want to talk about that because I think that's a very, very important point. And I also want to talk about this idea, Liz. Remember, um, we talked about how his polls, Biden's polls on um, personal character and honesty have collapsed because of all the falsehoods, he says. I, I think this deterrence business is another nail in that coffin, but I got to take a break. We'll come right back after the break. We are talking to Liz Peak, Fox News contributor, uh, Hill columnist. Uh, Steve Moore may or may not show up. We will see. I'm still Larry Kudlow. She's still Liz Peak, and we'll still be back in just a moment. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and Hill columnist. You know, Liz, talk about this. Um, Biden has lost so much personal credibility. People no longer regard him as an honest, as an honest person. That was one of his best things a year ago when he was elected. Now, We've talked about this, but remember, Build Back Better was paid for, he said. And everybody knew it wasn't. Every critic, every even his allies said it wasn't paid for. Then he said the Build Back Better thing uh, was going to reduce inflation, right? Five trillion more spending is going to cut inflation. And nobody could believe that. Then he went and said, um, you know, the Afghan withdrawal was a great success, which, of course, every fool knew was completely untrue. And it started showing up in the polls where his own you know, confidence in him starts plunging and um, people um, start, no longer regarded him as honest. In fact, you know, they regard him as dishonest. So when he gets up there uh, Thursday and he says, well, you know, the sanctions were never meant to deter an invasion, this is another peg in that coffin. And I don't know why he continues to do it. But it will take its toll. It's going to really harm him. Yeah, I I think once you lose that sort of halo of being an honest, decent guy, it's pretty tough to get it back again. And look, there have been an awful lot of issues uh, over the last couple of years. The whole Hunter Biden scandal. I mean, you know, the left has obviously tried to squash that pretty significantly. But you had real people coming out and saying, look, Joe Biden was totally complicit in uh, dealings that Joe, uh, that that Hunter Biden had in Ukraine and China. He knew about it. He'd met with the people. He was even, by some accounts, supposed to participate in them. And yet Joe Biden dismisses all of that with a sort of wave in the hand. He said, oh, that's been totally discredited. No, it really hasn't been. And I think, you know, I, I know that's uh, uh, those are stories or, or that's reporting that, that many, many Americans haven't even heard about, really, because it's not been covered by the press. But enough have that it kind of raises questions. Uh, and but to your point, I think it's things that in, in impact everyday life, like telling, you know, telling people not only the BBB was going to um, as you point out, that was covered, but it was going to bring inflation do- down. <laughs> Nobody but a nitwit thought that spending another three to five trillion dollars w- when the problem essentially has been puffing up this already hot economy with a lot of federal spending. No one could see that that was possible. And and, and as you say, the, the polls kind of reflect that. Um, uh, and that's very bad for him. And frankly, it's very bad for 
whoever succeeds him, I continue to think there's not a chance in a thousand that he'll run for president in 2024. Uh, presumably, he will be anointing somebody, and whoever is that person who t- who runs in 24, I think has a serious problem uh, tainted by his lack of credibility. And by the way, Larry, that also may be why so many Democrats are not wanting to, to show up or are not wanting Joe Biden to campaign with them. Mm-hmm. I think they understand that those character issues, more than anything, really could cast a shadow on their own personal campaigns. They don't want anything to do with them. Yeah, well, I think what's going to happen is the idea that um, wherever you're running, if you're a Republican, whatever Democrats you're running against, you're just going to compare that Democrat to Biden. I mean, I've said this in uh, regarding Connecticut. Um, Comrade Blumenthal has got a problem because he's the Joe Biden of Connecticut. And you could just go down the list. You know, Maggie Hassan is the Joe Biden of New Hampshire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because what Biden's doing is devastating. It's all self-destruct stuff. And I, I don't, for the life of me, understand it. It's just now you have a pattern where he is just telling falsehoods uh, yeah. left and right. on You know, key issues like that press conference – I think a lot of people saw that press conference, or if they didn't see it at the moment, they saw it later that night on the news because it's such a hot issue. And there he sure. goes again. There he goes. And how can he say that? And then, of course, everybody contrasted that with Kamala Harris saying that the sanctions were going to deter an invasion. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's insanity. I'm, in some sense, because I'm so much opposed to his policies, I welcome this insanity. But just yeah. historically, it's a curiosity why he's doing this well look when you start telling people that you're going to make the economy stronger for example uh by switching over to renewable fuels Mm. by 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 the very essence of those policies you are lying to the american people because in fact it does not make our country stronger to be reliant on more expensive less reliable fuels that by the way we're not even prepared to adopt when you take for example when, when he ups the ante on uh, carbon emission-free lively lives in, or, you know, making the country carbon-free in a very short period of time, much more aggressive uh, goalposts than Obama adopted, and we're not even close to reaching Obama's targets, that is essentially a lie. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden or somebody around him should know that those things are not possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I think, honestly— People just aren't that stupid. I mean, Americans kind of catch on after a while that, no, this isn't working. This is not good for our country. And again, I kind of go back to that consumer sentiment thing, Larry. How do you explain that? How Mm. do you explain that people are more discouraged than they've been in a decade? Mm. It's pretty remarkable, really. Yeah, and I think think your point that once you're tagged with the dishonesty stuff, you can't shake it. You really can't shake it. And I mean, some people were saying that Biden's handling of the Ukraine Putin thing with diplomacy. Remember, he had phone calls and virtual meetings and Europeans and G7 and Putin and so forth, that that would somehow erase Afghanistan. Now, (laughs) I never bought into that. But 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 some Democrats are making that case. 
But he's essentially bungled this one, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, let's let's go back to the early days when he was begging Putin to have a bilateral meeting. The mm. American president does not beg the head of a, a tin pot dictatorship mm. uh, to sit down and have a bilateral meeting. And then he remember, he handed uh, Biden a list of targets in the United States that we would not oh, allow him yes. to, to attack via cyber attack. Mm. What is that? Right. It means all the rest of those targets all the colleges and institutions and banks, those are okay. Mm. I mean, the I, the very idea behind that is so offensive to me that you're sort of ring fencing a few institutions and saying this, you can't go after these. And by the way, or what? I mean, what is our big, I, I don't, I hope, I really hope, Larry, that we are very aggressive on the cyber front, that we are attacking and counterattacking when need be if Russia does these things. I have no confidence that that is true. I hope it is true. You know, I forgot about that list. That was a great list. Oh. I think we have to highlight that list. Whatever. Do you have a copy of that list? we got to go, <laughs> no, go and I check, we can get check it. it off. I'm sure it's around someplace. That's right. If he cyber attacks us in the middle of Ukraine, which is not going well for Putin, he may really be losing his temper altogether. Um, he's not going to touch this and he's not going to touch that. Really? Are we yeah. sure about that? <laughs> That's a, I completely forgot about. It. I'm still hung up on five trillion in spending is going to cut the inflation rate. I just oh, yeah. can't get I that mean, out of on. my mind. You just yeah, can't do I, it. Liz Peak, so I got to go. I really- yeah, thank you for having me on, Larry. Always, always, always. Thanks ever so much. That was Liz Peak, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Don't forget the Kudlow Show on Fox Business, 4 to 5, every day, Monday through Friday. And I'll be right back here on radio next weekend. Thanks, everybody.